0: Say your civilization because as soon as we started thinking for you, it really
1: became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about evolution. You are now listening to Enter VR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality. I am Chris Miranda, your host, and on today's show I'm speaking with uh Tip-a-tat and Professor Eric Adam. Uh these two gentlemen together have joined forces and have created the Matrix VR. Uh an experience that I think if you're listening to this right now, you need to you need to stop. You need to put the comp- you know have to put you gotta put a rift on. And experience this thing because it is amazing, 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 and I'm really happy you got you guys are on the show. Um, yeah, thanks again.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. I just want to say one thing, real quick, too. We also work with the super talented game designer programmer John Dadley. I believe I'll tell you how to pronounce his name. Actually, I've never even talked to him on the phone, so I've never. <laughs> him. But uh, yeah, it was really a, a collaborative effort.
1: Sweet, John. You are in our hearts and minds as we speak. Um, cool. So, so, so the. Oh, and actually, Chris, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. John wanted me to give a
2: message out to everyone that's listening. If you're in the UK, then please. He's having a talk that's called uh, Supporting VR in Star Citizen. And it will be on at 2 p.m. BSD on September 11th. That's part of the Vertigo uh, conference. So okay. And the VR conference in the
1: UK, guys. I- Wow. All right. So I will. Uh, yeah, September eleventh. If you're in the UK, hang out with uh, John and check out his awesome, oh, you know, potentially awesome, most likely awesome <laughs> lecture. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> talk. That's um, we are, awesome talk. Which, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so Tippitat, just just let's get this out of the way. I need to ask you: um, Is, is Tippitat your real name? It's such an awesome sounding name. I, I. It's just like. Really? This is. <laughs>
2: yes, my, my mom made it up. So as far as I know, I'm the only Tippitat out there. Uh, that's why I am tip-a-tat I'm Tippitat <laughs> at Tippitat.com. I'm at Tippitat on Twitter. One of the cool things about having a name that used to you know, be made fun of all the time. Now it's it's a cool thing, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, you are um, you are the original hipster of name uh, of of of, uh, of yeah unique names. I I like that though. I, I, please never change it. Uh, not that you would. <laughs> so so right, let's get let's get on it. I'm I'm super fascinated about how you guys came up with the idea, um, the story behind it, but you know, let's start slow. Um, what is the matrix VR? Uh oh, I'll explain. I think you know the great director you uh,
0: okay. Uh, well I kinda killed two birds with one stone here. So uh it, Tippett had originally created the Matrix Rift, which was sort of a um, a, a early version idea of what uh, uh, what a VR experience of a really awesome movie would be. In this case, you know his favorite movie, my favorite movie, The Matrix. Uh, I saw it, um, uh, downloaded it immediately, and went and checked it out, and what you get is an experience where you get to. Uh, enjoy uh, a couple of scenes from the movie from the perspective of uh, Neo, the main character. Uh, While it was only a few scenes, I was absolutely uh, blown away, totally inspired, and I immediately wrote him up uh, an email, and I introduced myself, and I said, I love The Matrix, I love what you did, the potential here is unbelievable, and I pitched an idea to him on how to expand the project into uh, a couple of additional levels, and uh, make it more interactive. Coming from a game uh, design and game art background, I wanted to make it more of a game that people could actually play. Uh, and he you know, responded back, and he's like, this sounds really cool. We started uh, kind of brainstorming on how to make it happen, and uh, kind of the rest is history.
1: What a goal. I will say one thing. I mean, when I first put on a
2: DK1, like, I just want to go to The Matrix. And I did a search, who's building this? I, I want to download this experience. And I was so shocked when no one had done it. And I t- seen <laughs> a couple threads when people talked about it, but no one had shown anything. Hmm. So I was like, well, if no one's gonna build it, I guess I'll try. And so I cobbled together something in like a less than a week and got it out there. It had it was pretty rough, wasn't super well received, but you know it was the spark. And really it was Eric seeing it, recognizing there's something interesting. And then say, hey, let's blow the doors off this. And let's create the best Matrix VR experience possible. And I will have to be on my yard, He told me it would just be a three-week project. <laughs> but, uh, we ended up taking it over six weeks. But at the same time, I think the results speak for
0: themselves. Eric, yeah, you're awesome, and I'd love to work on this. you. Thanks. Yeah, it... Uh it turns out that, uh, you know, doing this in your spare time, it's hard to find time, and things take longer than you always expect, so. Yeah, and, and we also,
2: like, you know, that was when they
0: switched to the DK2,
2: and, yeah we wanted,
0: you know, we, we always had
2: this idea of what we could do with the DK2, but we never actually used it before, and, yeah, so there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on behind it, but I'm super impressed that we're still even able to get it out in just six weeks, considering the yeah. nice quality of it, and... Yeah. Yeah, it
1: is it is amazing to see the, the uh, amount of polish and quality it has for for being a, a 6 week project is I'm I'm very impressed. Do you guys uh, care to share a bit of your workflow techniques? How did you guys you know delegate tasks or get you know or, or you know get this going little by little? What was that, what was that like?
0: Uh, well no,
2: right. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, again you know super collaborative Eric had the vision but yeah he brought out all this great documentation about like you know like what it could be and then yeah, we kind of went back and forth and you know I'm a generalist which means I do a little bit of everything but not anything particularly well and I really have been wanting to polish my programming skills uh, and really my background like I got a HCI degree from Stanford and so I've always been kind of interested in the interaction components and how virtual reality creates this whole new interaction paradigm. And Eric was, you know, fantastic artist, but also had all these great gameplay ideas. And, you know, just, it was very easy to, like, uh, work together because we each knew what we were working on. So I think the biggest problems we had was just sharing the project using Perforce. Uh, but <laughs> so that was more technical. But in terms of working together, it was, a like great.
1: What software? Sorry, I just want to ask really quick. What software were you using to to uh, share the project? You said Workforce. No,
0: Perforce. Perforce. Uh, Yeah, it's a a version control software that most studios use professionally, and they have a, a free version uh that if your team is 10 people or less it's totally free so we took advantage of that Uh, seeing as how we're uh, scattered you know we're across the country from each other and john was out in the uk uh i also wanted to mention john real quick uh Halfway th- Well, we started working on this, just Tipitat and I, and about uh, halfway through the development, uh, I I don't know, uh, Tipitat, when you saw it, but I discovered John had made uh, a standalone program called Digital Rain, which is essentially just the matrix code in 3D sort of falling all around you. And uh, we were halfway working on our project, and I saw it, and I'm just like, we've got to get this guy on the team this is perfect um in my original you know kind of document that I had written up that was what I wanted the, the the scene to open with, and here it was this guy had actually done it already
1: yeah it's amazing how you have three people on three different parts of planet earth converging <laughs> together to create you know this 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 amazing thing that uh that i you know for for some reason i'm I'm sort of like tippitat I was like you know when is the matrix uh VR experience gonna come out and uh, yeah it, it, it just I guess it just took a uh, takes some initiative really to pull it off I'm, I'm so happy you guys did because it's so good um, it I want to ask you you know what are what is the future for this this experience I mean is, are you gonna going to continue adding on to this project or will you be moving on to different things what's what are your plans uh, and I'll start with Eric real quick and then I- tip it
0: the million-dollar question. Uh, we've had discussions, certainly. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, we're a little. We need a, a slight break uh, just to kind of wrap our heads around. Uh, the success and 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 everything else but uh I, there's nothing definitive to answer right now uh but i will say that both tip and ted and i are big fans of the uh six sense stem controllers uh we both have them kickstarted, and we're anxiously awaiting them to uh to ship uh that may be something on the horizon but i don't know for certain nice yeah just to add to that i mean uh, again, nights and weekends, we
2: were away from our families and loved ones in the <laughs> Uh And so so I think we all need a little bit of time to just relax, not to enjoy, and also get people's feedback and see, you know, we both did testing, but, you know, to get thousands of users going through and seeing what works and what doesn't. Because, again, you know, of oh, this is brand new. No one's ever tried to, you know, I'll, I'll, I mean, not no one, but other people try, but it's really it's really very early in terms of trying to do storytelling and gameplay in VR in this kind of way, and uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of other things we would love to try like, you know, Eric's original document had plenty of scenes, and uh, and I was just covering the first movie, and of course you yeah, have the other two movies as well, but you know a lot of it comes down to yeah, timing and resources and energy, and also, you know one of the things that you know always is on our uh, you know there's a fan project but it is a fan project
0: so it's unofficial so we can't yeah <laughs> so yeah, say about that. yeah that's, that's a good point I mean we, as much as we would love to make the entire movie uh, in VR I, I'm sure at that point Warner Brothers might come knocking you know and we certainly don't want that but this is something that's just we do because we love it and we want to show you know uh, have that experience with other people in virtual reality so uh, you know I uh, I, I wouldn't mind them knocking, but if they bring flowers
2: and <laughs> <okay. laughs>
1: uh, flowers and a limousine and uh, yeah. a a, a flight,
2: if, if I could get Keanu to, to try it, like oh,
1: that that'd be so awesome. Who would you like to get? Let you try? it? Who would you like to? Keanu Reeves. Oh yes, Keanu Reeves. Uh, sorry, yeah, you are a little bit echoey. I just want to make sure everybody uh, right. hears out. Or, uh,
0: or the Wachowskis, we'd absolutely love for uh, for oh, them to try uh, it as well.
1: That was they my seem, next they question. They seem like yeah. the kind
0: of people that would actually enjoy it. You
1: know. Any word from the Wachowski brothers about this? Any?
0: No, but we haven't been out very long, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're still
2: just within the VR community. No one larger, even in the gaming community, has really acknowledged it. You know, I've talked to people at various companies that, that you know, tried that and liked it, but yeah, nothing, again, beyond know, the VR space. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, it's funny though. I actually have gotten uh, some messages from other friends of mine who work in the uh, game industry at various studios, and I've had several several of them actually tell me, you know, hey, a bunch of my friends are talking about your thing at work, and so that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, um, and and I think this is where I I, I feel like I, I come in because I I really want to uh, capture the thing that is inside you guys' minds that makes all of it somehow come together. I mean, it's a it's really it's really really cool. And I was going to ask you like, you know, what is the are you doing this, you know, with a specific audience in mind or are you doing this because this is cool for me and it's going to be and you know, as long as I enjoy it, you know, what what's your I mean, what's your I, I, have to, I have to
0: jump into it. Sorry, yeah. I keep answering all the questions first, but <laughs> I have got to answer this one because I made this originally for me. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I sat down and I was like, I want to make something that, that my younger self especially would love mm-hmm. because The Matrix is one of the main reasons I got into developing games in the first place. When I saw the movie the first time, I saw The Matrix as a concept as one giant video game. And so when I had the opportunity to make it, I was like, I'm making this for me. And it just so happens to be icing on the cake that I can share it with other people that seem to be really enjoying it and having similar responses to that. You should see some of the comments we've gotten from people. It's really, really fantastic. Yeah, just to add to that, I mean, again, it
2: did start out with that personal like, I want to be in the matrix. I I want to experience it in a way that I never could have before. Uh, But then, you know, we talked a lot about it. We're trying to create something that was accessible to people, that wasn't just for the hardcore gamers, but like a Wii Sports of VR, Uh, so that's why we kind of packaged it as like lots of different activities that you do that use interactions in different ways, you know, trying to do the storytelling, do multiple scenes, and just, you know, again, it's very early on in VR, and so it's great to have these experiences that you can show to your friends and be like, hey, this is what VR could be, you know, because right now, no one's really certain, and it's, it's, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's everything. And we all just have to keep making all these different, crazy, awesome
1: demos, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Now, this is the point in which I'm going to start asking you more specific questions about the experience itself. And so if you are listening to this, go ahead and pause it or come back later because we're about to we, – we might spoil a couple of things. Uh um, <laughs> So the first one, the, the thing that – the first experience that I – that really – uh struck out at me and that was really interesting The the gameplay mechanic was the one where you have to jump over the building and yeah. you have to figure out um you have to figure out like what is what how am I supposed to jump I I, I fell no lie like 10 times like <laughs> and I was just like what am I what am I supposed to do what button it, it was finally like you know I, I realized one I am not the one and, and two, uh, that, that oh, it's it's a certain button combination that gets you over it, and it was just it was it was satisfying. It was nice to like that feeling like oh, I, I, I discovered it. It was sort of serendip- serendipitous. It was nice. Um, why why did you guys you know or how did you come up to that that particular gameplay conclusion in that as in that scene? I think that's one
2: of the Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, this, this is also one of the things where we kind of were back and forth, where it's like, well, first, I mean, we knew we were going to use like the gamepad to walk around, and actually jump across. It's a combination of using the gamepad, game pad, but also where you look. So using the head mounted display as gameplay. Mm-hmm. And the direction that you look kind of is the direction that you go when you jump. And, you know, we, we talked about you know, in the movie, even Matrix, the one, or even Neo, the one, fails the first time. And it's a kind of big point where everyone fails for the first time. And... Yeah, part of it is as soon as you jump, your natural inclination is to look down, and so I wanted to make that the kind of fail scenario. So because honestly, it's actually more satisfying to fail <laughs> than it is sometimes to like <laughs> make it across, especially on your first time. And so, yeah, you try to make it challenging, a little bit of a puzzle, but also, you know, use not just the controller input, but now you can use the look of you know the VR headset. So,
1: yeah and uh, and it's so cool that you guys kept so close to the script of the movie like it, it, this was a, a true as true an interpretation of the Matrix in VR as I've ever experienced like it was you know, it, it was like, oh my God, I am in the movie. No, I am part of the movie now. It's crazy. Um, yeah. so I, uh, th-
0: this is actually a, a great example of collaborative work because uh, in my original pitch, uh, you know, to Tippett's I was like, we have all these different levels with all these different gameplay ideas. And the jump mechanic was the one that I was really struggling with on how to make it work properly. And I had a few ideas, none of which were necessarily great. None of which were what we ended up with as well. That was all Tipitat. And uh, that's basically what happened. I was like, well, let me just build the level, you know, and let's get it in and see where that kind of takes us. And Tipitat was like, I have an idea. Let me try and implement it. And he did. And it was – it was – a tough like at first i thought it was almost too t- too tough to figure out and then at some point it just as he continued to sort of uh, refine the code and, and, and polish it it was a, there was a moment where it just connected and i'm like oh yeah yeah this is it you found you found the sweet spot mm-hmm. um so it was this was a really uh, uh, collaborative uh, level that we you know that that had a good success
1: yeah, yeah. it was very satisfying i got to say the next one that uh stood out for me um was the bullet dodging and it it was it was so cool that you guys were able to use positional tracking to like have me dodge bullets and it you know unlike the movie where like bullets slow down and everything slow down in slow motion and you just see it like oh how easy that is that you know that how hard could that be for neo to dodge those bullets when they're moving at like you know and that's at that speed but uh, I like the fact that you guys gamified it, uh, and you know, or I, I actually felt challenged. Like I died like, like four times, <laughs> and it was, and it, it, but it was, uh, but it was good. Like it was, it was a good experience. And then you know, you the last thing I remember was that scene where Trinity comes up and shoots the dude in the head. That was, uh, yeah. Again, I, another really good example of like, of sticking true to the movie, um, and yet being able to gamify it. That's super cool for me like i you know well one is props and two how did you guys uh decide that you know one how you know how fast the bulls needed to be um and like you know you know how was the how was integrating positional tracking was that hard uh in that particular scene uh so uh, let
0: me talk first if i could about this yeah it's <laughs> actually a really good story but, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's why I laughed as he asked that question, because I know exactly.
2: Yeah, uh, so positional tracking, you know, when they announced it, we knew, like, it was like peanut you know, butter and jelly. Like, that's exactly what positional tracking is for, like, this kind of experience. And, you know, uh, it was actually really easy to program so that the bullets actually go towards your head. So you actually have to move your head position away. And then, you know, we put, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting to, like, you know, nerdy, but again, using in Unity with... You know, the Oculus plugin and just coding Unity, but it's just so easy to do. Again, I consider myself technically actually more on the artistic side. And so to be able to, like, you know, think about something and actually put together really quickly to demo, uh, you know, really hats off to Unity and Oculus for great Unity support. But, you know, in terms of how hard it should be, this is something that Eric and I fought back with, like, many a time. And this is also because I'm older and not as spry as Eric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Eric was always pushing, like, let's make it harder, let's make it harder. not pushing, like, oh, let's make it easier, let's make it easier. But, you know, in the end, I, I knew that Eric, you know, he's the game guy, and he knows, you know, and he gets that sense, like, you know, what feels right for gamers and how to make sure, you know, this isn't just that, oh, this was nice, but this is something that people want to come back to and, and, and feel that kind of adrenaline rush. And, you know, I bow down, you know, to Eric's wisdom on that.
0: <laughs> this this was actually the only time in the entire project that we really had a disagreement, um, and even the disagreement was pretty tame. I mean, it was just sort of a back and forth a few times, and finally I was like, let's just let's just try it, let's just run with it and see where it goes. And finally, uh, you know, he gave in. Uh, but uh, it actually was harder at one point. What we ended okay. up shipping with was was actually easier. Uh, but but uh, so I, give I did give in a little. You know, you gave me an inch in that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah.
2: You know, one of the things too we found out was where you sit with the positional tracking it makes a big difference on how hard and easy it is. And of course, you know, it's kind of obvious, but some things are very like, like you know, the closer you sit to the camera, of course, the harder it's going to be. But you know, when you're just developing, you, you just don't really think about this. things. You're just like, okay, I'm going to test real quick, and you're not thinking, am I sitting in the right? Am I, you know, my posture correct? You know, am I in the sweet spot? You know. Yeah. So. It's sometimes hard to always judge, and everyone's setup is kind of different. Like you know, I develop on a laptop, so it's really close to me sitting on my screen. But you
0: know, people have a monitor, they're sitting farther back. You know, all these things can make a difference to the gameplay. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, uh, in the process of tuning that uh, the, the speed, not just the speed of the bullets, but the uh, frequency in which they come out. Um, it, what I found was interesting is that if you made it too slow. You could recognize the pattern really easily, and so you could you could literally beat it with your eyes closed, which is you know, which is one of the, the dead giveaways that it, that I thought it was too easy. It was like left, right, left, right, left, right, and it just didn't work out. So I made it fast slow enough that it wasn't too bad, but fast enough that you actually had to keep moving your head. And uh, it seems like we were ended up on the right spot.
1: I yeah, I think you guys landed it. The yeah, you did. I think you did. Uh, four yeah. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I got through it. It wasn't frustrating, so it was it worked out. The next <laughs> one that I, I I again I think there's four things that stood out. So there's so uh, my apologies if I said three. The next one that I I thought was really cool was the bullet stopping one. Um, just being able to I, again use my gaze to stop the bullets. That was a, a really nice uh, mechanic, and I feel like that's you know when things started getting crazy the the room went wild with like matrix code and yeah that was a very nice touch in fact that was a moment when i realized like holy shit this could be the future of movies where you know where where you know interactive experiences are molded in or you know used in parallel with, you know, filmmaking somehow, this is this is it. I feel, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, how Hollywood has this penchant for uh, bringing back old school stuff, you know, rebooting things. You know, I I have a prediction. I think ten years from now, Hollywood will reboot every single movie from the nineties <laughs> and the two thousands in VR with these interactive elements somehow. Um,
0: I don't know if you um, uh... I don't know if you've ever read uh, Ready Player One, right? But uh, it's got a lot of that in it, and uh, that certainly came into to my mind as I was as we were working on this game and just thinking, uh, you know, how cool would it be would it be to actually enjoy a whole library of of movies that you can actually interact with? That definitely crossed our mind.
1: Do you guys see this development? I mean, the fact that you guys brought out brought out a really really good movie, and you've created an experience that is feels very true to it and it feels very genuine. Um, do you think, you know, Hollywood and the film industry should see VR as a, as a threat or, or do you think they should see it as a opportunity? What do you guys think? Definitely
2: an opportunity. I mean, again, when it comes down to it, whether you're working in film, television, comics or whatever, I mean, they're storytellers, right? And they want to get an emotional response from the audience. And VR is the ultimate communication tool to connect with your audience. So I feel like it's the ultimate evolution of what people have been trying to do since K.A.P. Right, like how can you put someone else in your shoes, let them understand something that they've never experienced before. And so for me, you know, I feel like, is this gonna kill movies? No, I think there's always gonna be a place There's definitely think that movies do better than VR, like VR, you know, when you can look anywhere, it's hard to direct people to look at one particular thing. So framing, uh, things like cuts, which in VR we call looks, because instead of cutting away really rapidly like you could, that would make you sick. They actually try to do things like action magician's tricks, like misdirect people's eyes or to bring them there. And then finally, like you know, the big part of what you're trying to do with this VR,
0: yeah, it, it, it's really just going back to life. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean... Stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I mean, because you can't force people to look at anything. I mean, you look at the hallway, uh, the final hallway level that we did, and, uh, you know, it opens up with the introduction part of, you know, Neo actually racing to the phone and, you know, surprise, and he doesn't make it, whatever. Uh, That is, that, part of that I wanted to do just to see how it would turn out, because, you can totally ruin the experience by just looking away at the whole thing, right? Um, And so VR, there's an element of VR that requires the player to play along. You know, you have to, you you know, you have to want to, uh, excuse me, want to have the experience. You want to, you you might be able to look anywhere, but you know where things are going to happen. You should probably look there if you want to actually have the the proposed experience. Um, But it's, that's a new. That's a new thing, right? With VR, we're trying to figure out these things, and it's fun to 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 try and do that.
1: Yeah, and that was that's that's a great. Um, that leads me to my next question because something that I sort of struggled with uh, was these these sort of cuts that you guys would implement, where you know there's some, something would happen and there'd be dialogue. For example, that last scene where uh you know where I, where where I can stop bullets I, I remember you guys we, we had there was this dialogue and then I fell on the ground and I was blinking and I don't know how I uh I personally I don't know if that felt natural to me um yeah. what are your I mean what were why did you guys decide to like cuz I, yeah I I totally see the challenge here like you guys are trying to uh really bring the player along and be neo but at the same time, give them some form of freedom to look around. It's a tough, tough thing that you guys are trying to work out. Um, like I mentioned, it, it, I mean,
2: really we're at the experimentation stage and we want to try things. We want to push the boundaries and not everything's going to work, but we won't know until we get it out there. Uh, what you know, what doesn't feel right for one person doesn't necessarily mean the same for another. And so, you know, I'd rather err on the side of something crazy than just play it safe all the time, especially in the awesome. early stages
0: of beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. So all, all you developers out there who are thinking about if your idea is too weird or not, it's not. Try it. Get it out there. You won't know yeah. until people actually respond to it, you know? Absolutely.
1: I, uh, I like you guys' style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I very much so. Uh, so very cool. Matrix <laughs> VR. Um, yeah, like I, I feel like you guys did such a great job re- recreating this movie, you know? And I can't believe... I am I, I think it's just a matter of time before the Wachowski brothers reach out to you guys and be like... Um,
0: <clears throat> I, I was going to say, too, you had mentioned uh, just a bit ago uh, the relationship between film and, and VR or whatever. Um, one of the things that made this project easy was the fact that the movie was so good. Like, let's, na- let's make no mistake. We had a great, you know, thing to pull from where we didn't have to right dialogue, and we didn't have to worry about uh, pacing and all these sorts of things. So th- I, I think that there's definitely a, uh, a collaborative effort that's going to happen uh, between VR and feature film, TV, and, and so on.
1: Um, with you,
0: 100%. And, and honestly, too,
2: like, I, mean, I can't wait to see when creative minds like the Wartowski, like really start doing stuff in VR it's gonna be insane and so you know i'd love to be like you know hey guys check out this stuff it can be awesome it doesn't have to be just first person shooters it can be like you know all sorts of things
1: yeah i'm 100 percent with you before we talk about uh matrix lore because i will get there uh before we talk about uh samsung gear i, I want to ask you guys a little bit about audio um and i think this it it might be my headphones i I don't know but i think this might be a really good experience that would benefit you know uh, benefit 3d audio um at one point i was listening to morpheus talk to me and and then he jumps over the building and then neo goes whoa and it was the 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 cool the thing the, the really cool thing for me was like hearing neo say whoa i was like oh that that's if for some reason it just felt like oh that's how i i'm feeling you guys are mind controlling (laughs) me here (laughs) Uh but but yeah but it was but what broke it was the fact that morpheus uh felt like he was inside my head too so yeah i don't know maybe it was my on my my headphones but like what about audio that was challenging or you know i
2: mean None of us are hardcore audio engineers, and we were just using the default Unity audio settings. There are a couple of cool like 3D audio, like 3D spatial audio uh, devices or plugins that you can use. That I hadn't ever tried one, uh, but yeah, you know, we do actually. So in the very beginning with Morpheus, first are to you, the sound does come from the Morpheus uh, character. If you turn your head, you know, you can see left and right. But then sometimes too, it seems like it wouldn't make sense. Like if you walk away or look away, and also you can't hear them, then mm. that kind of destroys, you know, like what's going on. So you're always kind of finding that storytelling thing too, and, and yeah, that's really all I have to. Do.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, audio was was a tricky one in general because you think listening to it that we pretty much just ripped the audio files out of the movie and we just pasted them in and hit play. And I wish it was that simple. Um, We obviously recorded them from the movie, but it took a lot of editing um, to get things cut up the right way, to get music pulled out of the scene as best we could. And then have other musical layers on underneath it you know at the right time you had to take into account um musical loops in case the player stood there for too long you mm-hmm. didn't want the sound to end you wanted it to stay looping and have to kind of juggle all of the audio cues um and then have to start working with sound effects and like Tippitat said, neither one of us are an audio guys like you know i know enough to be dangerous and you know as does tippitat and we I think we did pretty good for our limited resources, but um, it was it was really tricky. It was actually one of the trickier parts of the project. And you yeah, honestly, dude, if there's an awesome VR audio engineer or an audio engineer
2: interested in VR and wants to, you know, give it a pass, like come join us. Contact us, please.
1: Yes, get in touch with Tipitat and uh, Professor Eric for uh, <laughs> this, uh, yeah, because I yeah, I think. Um, I, you know for the amount of work that you've done you know so far you've you've nailed it uh, I, I love uh, just the whole experience itself um, yeah it's amazing really uh, you got to get out there and experience it um, let's mobile uh, will this experience be ported to mobile and I, I, the big elephant in the room is positional tracking how do you how, how do you work around that but you know what are your thoughts
2: uh be very diplomatic here, <clears throat> um, but essentially, we wanted to create the most satisfying matrix-like experience that we could, and we didn't want to be constrained by performance. Mm-hmm. So I think actually performance on mobile will probably be bigger than positional track for at least the short term. I think yeah, you know, long term mobile is always getting faster like an exponential rate. But again, you know even we've had people on the forums talk about oh, this isn't you know, it's not fully you know. Fluid on my, you know, mom MacBook Air or something. You know, like it, it, this was kind of built for a decent machine, not the high end machine, but a decent machine. Right? Like, and I like it that much more because visual still sells. Like, Eric, Eric who did amazing that. Like, when you look at the Vista and you see all the and you see like the buildings from the actual movie. Like, yes, that that helps sell it. If it was just like a flat, like you know image
0: in the backdrop, it would not have the same impact. And and uh, I don't know if I should like actually admit this out loud or whatever, but I cut every possible corner I could when making the art for this game, like <laughs> because mainly because of time, but also because of performance. You know, I mean, I work in the AAA space where I would not have gotten away with anything. That I did in this project for the AAA space, and yet it manages to, if I can toot my own horn, look pretty good, you know, all things considered. You're absolutely, it looks phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you.
1: What does that say about the AAA space, if you're able to, uh, you know, put something together the way you did? Um, does it, I mean, am I, am I, am I uh, asking up the wrong here. I, I no, know.
0: I mean, it, it just means that, you know, with, with modern day games, I mean, you look at any modern, modern day game, there's no room for mediocrity, you know, not that what we did matrix VR is mediocre, mediocre, obviously, but you know, it's, there's such a, uh, a demand for this, like almost perfect experience. Um, and I, but I would say that my, because I work in that space by day, I'm able to take those lessons and, while I was cutting corners I wasn't cutting in quality where I you know as best I could you know I was making smart decisions on where to cut quarters not just wholesale taking a machete to things oh. yeah, I mean, what, yeah I'd like to add to
2: that like for me the one thing that you know, like, the animation in our demo isn't that great uh, again I'm a generalist I'm not a master animator uh, and it would have been great to have an animator that could redo custom animations for all of it but when we put it out there, the only people that complain about the animation are other animators. <laughs> and the general <laughs> audience, they're like, that was just awesome, and oh my god, more people there there, he talked to me, and even though the lips don't actually move, and I thought more people would complain, like, that's not the complaint that people give us, it. so it's, it's really it's really interesting right now. I think in this early space, you definitely want to make
0: something good, polished, but at the same time, I mean, the pretty stuff out there, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Yeah, we tried to prioritize. We said, what's the most important thing? The important thing is make it fun, you know, make the experience, you know, thorough and really rich and uh, and hope that nobody notices the rest.
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, notice yeah. the lips. I swear I thought they were moving their lips for some reason, so you, you got uh, me. They were.
0: No, they actually were. Oh, they, they were? Okay. Really, yeah, no, they were totally moving their oh, okay. lips.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the TK1, it was so low red that it didn't matter. But definitely when
0: jumping to DK2, I was like, oh, man. Oh, you, copy, copy you in the Matrix. I was, I was that's actually say. a really good – that's a great point. So the hallway level was the very first level that I built. Um, and in fact, I started building it um, like as I was uh, – or right before I emailed Tipitat, I actually started building it because I was so inspired. I just started building it. And then I, and I wrote him the email, and I was like, I already got half the level built. I'm going to send it to you. Tell me what you think. And uh, and and we kind of ran from there. But this was when we had our DK1. And when I was talking about cutting corners, that was when I was really cutting corners. <laughs> and um, the hallway level was actually the – while it was the first one I started, it was the last one that I finished because I had to go back and basically rebuild the entire thing now that I had my DK2 and realized that everything looked terrible. So uh, that really did make a huge difference.
1: Well eventually the eventuality of cv1 and potential higher resolution rift make it uh difficult for uh, developers that are using low res textures and stuff to you know compete i don't know if that's a question to ask but I, i i wonder like you know will will that affect development when when you have a You know, assuming now this Samsung-Oculus partnership, you're going to have a really good screen for consumer version one. Uh, I
2: do want to say one thing about this. I mean, it depends on the experience that you're trying to make. And Mm -hmm. I don't think photorealism is the ultimate goal for VR, right? Like, nothing, it doesn't have to look photoreal to give you presence and to make you entertained and to give you emotional attachment. I think, again, people are doing crazy stuff with, like, low poly, like that low poly style, or you know even like 2D sprites in in VR like there's just all sorts of crazy stuff out there so yeah I mean of course you know if you can make it look great like like photorealistic but there's going to be so much other things that people can play with and go for that
0: you don't feel like it doesn't have to be an arms race does that make sense
1: I see what you mean yes. So, um, go ahead.
0: I, also, one of my one of my favorite VR experiences to this day is still Team Fortress Two, and I mean that game's like five years old. But what it goes to show, and it's obviously not photoreal, but what it goes to show is that if you have a consistent art style that is uh, that's just well executed, it, it's gonna work. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's gonna work in VR.
1: I, I, there's there was there used to be a time in gaming um, where the big emphasis was photorealism. I I don't know if you guys remember if it was, it was like, uh, I want to say. talking about Atari 2600 days, right? I I,
2: I was like, man, they're just pushing pixels crazy.
1: Yeah, and that, and I, there was like the GameCube, PlayStation 2 days for a while, there was this fad where everybody was trying to push as many pixels and make it as photorealistic as possible. Will that come back? Do you think that, that, you know, I don't know if it's a fad or a need, Uh but do you think?
2: There will always be that. I mean, you look at Battlefield, it's gorgeous. Uh, You know, there's so many games out there that, to me, feel pretty darn photoreal. But, you know, but again, it's a broad spectrum. We're not all rushing towards one goal of photorealism, right? It's just like movies, right? Like, you know, you want all sorts of different types. You want animated films. You want 2D animated films. You want computer graphics animated films. You know, you want all sorts of, you want variety, I guess. And you don't... Mm -hmm not everything needs
1: to be voted for, All uh, right. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is, yeah, it is this wide spectrum of, you know, different people with different ideas and, and voices and trying to create uh, really cool things they love and share it. So it's, oh. it's yeah, it's cool. Um, Sorry, David.
2: I can just had one thing. I just wanted to plug this. Uh, you know, when I got my DK1, I just downloaded all the demos. And the one that really threw me away was Redapod. Spirit away boiler room so you know it was it recreated the cell look the painted background I mean I just felt like I was in this cartoon in a way that you knows that I could never have imagined it, and it was just awesome so you know when you're talking about the look for photo real like that's none nah, it doesn't have to be the goal. like oh my gosh like yeah that, that demo it's still my favorite and I, I put everyone that puts on that a show the audience I make them do that demo as well because I want to be like you know what There's so much out there
1: in this VR world. Yeah, why? What do you guys think will look like when you know the film industry and these uh, IP holders, like um, like you know Studio Ghibli or Warner Brothers, start paying attention? They're like these guys are creating something really cool. Um, Oh, and getting a lot of attention. You know, how do you guys think they'll react? uh, And you know, I I, I wonder I, like I feel like
0: they already are, right? I mean, some of the trade yeah. shows that I've seen recently have started to have, uh, you know, VR experiences, whether it was the Game of Thrones thing mm-hmm. or the How to Train Your Dragon, or uh, what was there was the at Pacific Comic-Con. Rim one. Yeah, at Comic Con there was a Pacific Rim one, there was an X Men one, uh, and
2: if if you get to see the Pacific Rim one, I mean, the quality, I believe they said that they used actual assets from the movie, and it's just like oh my god crazy
1: eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing what you guys seen knowing what you guys know how long do you think it'll be before we have the matrix like like some like a metaverse that you know becomes uh, immense and ubiquitous in in our lives
2: once the AI of Google net, Turns live, and if they'll enslave (laughs) us with their drones and self driving cars, then they'll create the rest of it.
0: I welcome that future. Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, there's so many technical issues still. It's, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's VR is at a place now where it works if the player who is experiencing it wants to play along. I mean, I, we've all played demos or had experiences where you just get lost in your world and you just completely forget that you're playing VR until you take the headset off and you're just like, whoa, I'm I'm back. So, and even this is with limited hardware and... You know buggy software, and you know everything else I mean how much more do we need to go? I mean, there's plenty more to go, obviously, but I think if the experience is well crafted enough, you can at least trick your brain into thinking that you're having that experience now i mean, the one big challenge
2: right now is, okay, we have the head mounted display, and that was so hard to do, but now it's figured out but now input how do you do the rest of your but how do you walk in here how do you touch things how do you you know yeah interact with these spaces in the in a way that makes sense and no one's really figured that out yet there's a lot of cool projects but you know it's going to take some time and then once they figured out how can you touch the virtual world then the challenge is how does the virtual world touch you back and that's going to be even harder to do I, uh, I saw this crazy project i think it's out of a university in berlin and what they do is they have this like uh, armband that you wear around your forearm, it does electronic muscle stimulation, and, you know, sends current through your arm, and it creates the sensation in your fingertips of touching. Uh, and there's like crazy stuff out there, but again, that's all in the kind of academics. I don't know if it's gonna be commercialized anytime soon. People are definitely working on it, but, but again, people were working on VR for a long time, as so Palmer and Oculus, you know, made the breakthrough to make it mass marketable, or mass producible.
1: And actually not mm. i uh speaking of ai and and uh you know just i i think that ai will be uh will show itself up, up first in virtual reality i i don't think you know I, I don't think we will interact with ai uh or 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 our more meaningful interactions with ai will be with like actual robots that are like uh, you know, human-like, humanoid-like. I think it'll be it, sort of like uh, you can go on the internet and have a conversation with Cleverbot, more or less, right? I, I feel right. like it'll be. Yeah.
2: wasn't it this year or last year that like the, the Turing test was actually passed? Like they had an AI that fooled people. Uh,
1: they, I heard something about that. I I, 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 there was some debate on whether it did or did not, but it was a big deal. Like when 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 that was announced that was it so that's pretty crazy cuz you you could potentially with enough forty realism and a little bit more time in machine learning and artificial intelligence do you think it'll be possible to trick a human being into uh obviously if the rift is you know is is just amazing screen and late, low super low latency do you think it'll be possible to trick people just like the matrix do you think it'll be possible to trick people into believing there in some other reality.
0: I don't see why not.
1: In this I mean, lifetime?
0: Uh I mean I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a I, I, you know, it technology is one of those things that like tomorrow somebody could discover something that changes everything, right? And nobody knows when that's going to happen or even if it, if it's going to happen, but I mean at the rate at which, you know, things have changed just in the f- last few few years, it, Sure. I'm going to say sure. Why not?
2: Yeah, but The one thing for me is, like, if you're talking about a place, uh, you know, creating a, a, a you know a, an alternate reality where people want to give up their natural, their real life and be there all day and don't care about interacting in the real world, that has already existed for quite a while. I mean, you can look on stories of people dying because they played a game in some internet cafe for, like, four days straight. <laughs> yeah. and so. So in some ways, like, you know, that already exists in people's minds, you know, and that, you know, it, yeah, it, it's, it, for me, when people, yeah, you so know, some people get caught up a little bit about, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, photoreal and, you know, like, the result is still the same, even with, like, you know, very simple graphics on a
1: flat screen, some people can still get lost in these virtual worlds. I uh, I have this, this theory, this hypothesis, and I, I want to get you guys' opinion on it. I have this hypothesis that the machine clash between humans and machines will not be this great war that you saw in the Animatrix's second <clears throat> renaissance. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be very subtle. Uh, first, they will... And I take this from uh it's some examples off of japan where like you see guys who married their nintendo ds and they you know they're they married like the the little avatar in the nintendo ds game and then um well i'm um, going with this is you know what if in this metaverse you are interacting with an ai that is fully you know uh that that can that can make you fall in love with them <laughs> you know and so thinking, yeah
0: i was just and, thinking of the movie her that oh just came out not too long ago right and then,
1: and then here's was... what happens though like and then so because you fall in love with the ai then you don't have any need to reproduce and so little by little <laughs> the machine is winning by thinning us out you know um <laughs> what do you guys think of that idea will will, will humanity go out in a whimper
0: there oh. are there are uh, always pe- – well, I was just going to say there are always going to be people who are anti-technology. Whether it's because they actively are against it or because they just simply don't get it, there are always going to be those people. So humanity is uh, safe I think for a while. I
2: think the funniest thing was there's – this. I remember reading this article on Wired about this guy. He built his first like virtual girlfriend, had an AI – and it, like, dumped him. And so he had to, like, reformat
1: Whoa. her and, like, change her personality. Whoa. Do you think... Yeah, um, do you think AI yeah. will will reject us? It, you know, once we give birth to this... Because I'm of the opinion, uh, the belief that we will give birth to a new form of life in the universe. It'll be some... It, it won't be organic, but it won't be... Fully digital. Maybe it'll be like a hybrid. You know, uh, sort of like h- how life is. You know, it's not really about like life and death. There's a spectrum. You know, you can be in a coma. <laughs> so
2: I feel like sometimes it's like you know post-apocalyptic arms race Are the is machine revolution going to take over before the singularity? Because if we upload ourselves into the computers, don't we become the computers then? So then they can't take us over
0: because we are already them. I don't right. know. It's the next stage stage of evolution.
1: Yeah or the, the i think well, well it depends on what you how you define the singularity like what are your what is your definition of the singularity tipata uh,
2: i think again it's just uploading your consciousness into a digital form and so you live forever in this machine's mm-hmm. body and, and 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 again maybe because we're all uploaded into this we all become board like and you know we don't become Regular one person or regular individuals that become one collective consciousness, uh, and then you ever really die in that?
1: Uh-huh. I think that you, what you're describing is exactly what I think the singularity will be, and uh, but I also think that on top of that, using the singularity and and I think VR is a stepping stone towards it. Um, using the singularity and becoming a collective consciousness would give us. The leg up against the machines, unless they're both one and the same, <laughs> you know. Like if the machine were plotting against us, and obviously it would be smarter, way smarter than us. The only way for us to have a a cho- a, a, a a war, or like an actual, you know, have a fight with them, it would be by you know joining forces and joining, you know, this mu- in this multi-conscious whatever thing that it becomes uh
0: yeah i think that once ai like actual true ai if it ever happens happens their their natural inclination is going to recognize that they'll be superior to us i mean we already as humans think that they're more superior to us in a lot of ways just proving that Uh, Because of the fact that, like, when we send rovers to Mars, it's just better to send a robot, because they don't have to be fed, and they don't have to sleep, and they don't have to do all these things that are, you know, flaws in the human, you know, existence.
1: How do you guys... How can we cohabitate co- co- with with a machine with a, with this ai if it happens i mean how how will As it slaves. <laughs> how how can we negotiate bring them on the table and say listen i know i know you're going to get really powerful and you know and, and i'm going to pro- provide some logic for you if you fight us the humans uh we're going to make things hard for you and we're going to and it's not going to be a, an easy fight uh, we hope but if you collaborate with us you know we can share ideas and we can share our boundless creativity with you and we can you know together reach the ends of the universe i mean do you think do you think it'll be it, that will never happen like the machine will just say nope nope screw you guys i'm you are unnecessary <laughs> this is evolution i mean what do you think the machine would say or do
0: uh I might have to approach this from being an artist and saying maybe there's something there that we can offer up and say, you know, we can't do math as well as you guys. We can't calculate nearly as quickly or as efficiently or as accurately as you guys, but we have and this would of course require that they appreciate art as a as an idea, but you know, to me one of the greatest things about human hum, humans is our ability to art, to make art, whether it's, you know, physical art with paintings or photographs, but musical, like there's all these angles. Um, that to me is, I think, maybe the only thing we really have to offer that's worthwhile anyway. That's a great answer. I like it a
2: lot. I was going to say that we make them watch The Matrix and say you
0: need us as heat source energy sources, so <laughs> please take care of us in these weird liquid gooey cartoons and let us play in VR. <laughs> That's true. Would All you... we need is VR and we'll, be, we'll stay out of your way. So the yeah. question,
1: obvious question is, would you guys take the red pill or the blue pill? The red one is you stay in The Matrix, the blue one you leave, I think. I might be wrong.
0: Yeah, without a question, red pill, red pill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're trying to create the red pill. We're doing our best. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say we're trying to actually make it happen. So yeah. <laughs> I think that question it would have answered itself.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so having the Matrix, do you think is it would be a positive for humanity? And and if so, how?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think again. You know, creating the ultimate communication platform, letting people that, you know, can't afford all these things experience luxury or experience, you know, death, uh, you know all these experiences that they no longer, that they right now financially cannot, like, level the playing field in so many ways and maybe we can finally start, you know, valuing emotional connections and experiences over monetary and material things.
0: Great answer. Thank
1: you how will this thing be controlled or who will control it? Who will, how will, you know, will there be property in the metaverse? Who will control the property? Is it going to be private entities? How will governments react? I know I'm just barraging you with questions, but I'm I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys, the architects, see what I did there, are thinking about, uh, you know, this, this development.
0: I, I, I mean, I hate to sound, you know, Cynical, but <clears throat> I feel like whoever's in power will eventually take control of it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that it stays open source, and and uh, you know we create. I mean, because that's the thing about things that are digital is that you can create them out of nothingness, literally. I mean. <coughs> so technically the resources are infinite as long as you have power um and I feel like that'll be you know where the where the future commodities lie you know everybody's going to be so addicted to tech I mean we already are addicted to technology but to a point where we can't live without it and uh, it's all going to be about where do we get our power from I think yeah looking at the internet right now uh, it's
2: a great model because again it's a crazy you know international network of computers and that's when you eventually, know, well that's when you know, everything happen, you can see like the power struggles within there, especially with something like net neutrality, like, you know, it's very important for us to all stand up and say, you know, what? Like, no, like, the internet has to be free, like, air, and, and, you know, there shouldn't be these corporations that own speed and, and all these
1: other things, right? Mm. yeah. Yeah, and they, all,
0: there um, will always be hackers too, so yeah. and no matter how much they try to control it, there will always be a group of resistance somewhere. Hopefully mm-hmm. we're not huddled in the center of the earth. Those rays look sweet. They, <laughs> they do,
1: they totally do. They, yeah. <laughs> I I I I don't you know I struggle with that question like thinking about whether and I and I probably should struggle about other things more real and more tangible in my life but I I do think about that question once in a all like would I take the red pill or would I you'd be I I personally am um I, I I like to think that I'm obsessed with the truth of finding out or knowing you know as much of the truth as possible and that's a fool's errand but it it it's like uh, it's a thing that I'm always trying to seek the truth and. Yeah, I struggle with this, you know, this, 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 these questions whether I would want to stay in this ideal world where I you know, I can be anyone and do anything, or would I want to know the truth and see what's behind the veil? You know, I
0: feel like it can be both. I mean, you can, you know, that's what kind of the matrix was about, right? All the resistance members knew the truth and still use the matrix to their advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was back when I was in, uh, in cart at college, um, I did a a film, an actual fan film for the matrix. This was, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. Okay, and on D-Duke. How have I not heard about this? I need to watch this now. <laughs> <laughs> it only exists one copy on my hard drive, and no one's going to see that anytime soon. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's requesting to watch this Matrix fan film by Professor Eric. <laughs> Please release um, it. <laughs> But but the idea of it was – and because we had to make a, fil- a film that was five minutes or less and I thought, how am I going to make a film that's five minutes or less that means something? And so I was, I'll do pretty much what we did with uh, the, our VR project. I'll just steal someone else's universe and tell a story in that universe. And so the story just uh, at a high level was – it was, a, it was a, a, a ship just like the Nebuchadnezzar except they were a rogue ship who all they did was find uh, connections to the Matrix and they would jack into the Matrix as characters. And they would basically use the system as if it were a big video game. And so they would just say like, hey, today we're going to jack in and we're going to rob a bank. And they would jump in, rob a bank, and the agents would appear and they'd have to run for their lives to get out in time. And if they did… They lived to to fight another day, and if they didn't, they died in the matrix. But it was worth it because it was all about the adrenaline rush. That's um, awesome, wow. Easter egg. Let's put it as one of the channels on the TV that you know <laughs> on, you'll eventually
2: get to watch it.
1: How? What do you guys think of the idea that that theory that is going around uh, about how we are all stuck in a giant simulation? That this is, you know, this is a simulation being done by more complex you know, entities or more complex humans in the future. Um, Are you open minded to the idea or are you saying, no, it's absurd. Uh,
0: I, 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 I would break it down like this. Am I open to the idea? Sure. Why not? Right. I mean, it's one of those things you can't disprove it. So whatever, fine. But what I would say is that you're basically trying to explain an already complex existence with an even more complex answer. And so to me, that's that's where it kind of falls apart. It's like, eh, that's, the odds on that are probably pretty low. Hmm. Uh, for me, you know, and this might be why I would say a terrible
2: philosopher, is why does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> How does it affect our daily life? Like, you know, like, uh, you know, again, you know, there's so much else going on. So many other things to worry about
0: that. Why you didn't think about that? I don't, I don't know
1: about that. That is because, because yeah. if it were true,
0: you somebody could become the one and take advantage of it and start flying and <laughs> doing all kinds of oh. fun things.
1: <laughs> it that is exactly the reason why we should all try to figure it out, whether it is or it isn't. Um, that is that's a good point. I mean, well, bo- I mean both are good points. Just you, uh, you know, just on a just more fundamental level, why why doesn't matter really, but because we are so ten infinite, t- infinitely small compared to everything out in the universe. At the same time, yeah, it would be really also, cool. I would so, say there's just
2: immediate needs out there that need to be addressed, tackled before we even get to a
1: leisurely exercise of pondering those questions. <laughs> Speaking right. of which, yeah, I uh, do. You guys think that VR could be used in space exploration or deep sea exploration or, or or pushing the boundaries of human knowledge? Like, where where do you guys think VR could fit in in this?
2: percent. Uh, again, again, yeah. It's it, uh, VR is everything, so it has all sorts of you know infinite applications. I just read today that they're using it to treat heroin addiction. Well, uh, we already know that the government's been using it to successfully treat post traumatic stress, you know, cure phobias. There's so many things that VR can unlock about you know how we know ourselves, how we understand our mind work. Uh, you know, there's all these challenges out there that you know how can you know, one person stand the long, uh, you know, the, the long years it takes to travel that far. Well, maybe VR can help make their mind not go insane, right? Like, there's all, all these things that you know VR can help address, and we're just at the very beginning, scratching the surface.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I'd say that um, I, this is actually a, a thought I've had that I, that I actually struggle with, something that I've struggled with thinking about, which is. Um, you can potentially make a really great VR experience that could potentially uh, be construed as as replacing the real experience. Um, I mean, you look at um, there's two great demos out. I'm actually friends with both of these guys. There's Ocean Rift, um, you know, uh, by by Lear who is just fantastic. It, you put the headphones on and the bubbles and it's just like wow, you lose yourself under the ocean. <laughs> and then Titans of Space uh, by by Drash who uh, I mean, I, that's the best space. Experience. I mean, I'm a huge space nerd, and like, it, it's just it scratches all the right itches, you know. And it's just it's fantastic. And I guess what I don't want to see happen is that they become so good that we don't feel like we need to explore anymore <laughs> or anything like that. So that's kind of a double-edged sword.
1: Well, I never thought of yeah. that. Wow. Well, yeah. Once you know, once
0: we overfish the ocean, then we can shark it. The like used to be in there. <laughs> yeah and because like you said there's no there's no there's a safety issue right like i would love to go out into space it's on my bucket list in fact it's the only thing on my bucket list because there's so much cost and um danger involved in deep deep sea exploration or space travel uh you know at least in until we solve those issues uh the VR experiences is where it's at, and uh, and luckily there's a lot of awesome developers out there who are doing really really good things.
1: So be- before we get to the Matrix, before we get to the Metaverse, before you know this thing blankets all of humanity uh, with its influence, how, what are the biggest challenges for VR for it to become mainstream, for it to become, you know, yeah, ubiquitous? Well,
2: there's several different challenges. I think the input thing is one, um, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's too geeky or dorky or ugly. Like, no one wants to wear these goggles, especially in public. Uh, I think that's actually the wrong thing to focus on. I think if the experience is good enough, it won't really matter. And, you know, you look at scuba diving is a great example. Skiing is a great example. How ridiculous do those people look? But the experience is so good that it doesn't matter. So, you know, I think the biggest challenges right now are, how do we interact with the world, and then how does the world interact back with us
0: beyond just visually? Yeah, uh, and I think too that there's um, there's an ease of use that needs to be uh, solved. Um, I think everybody with a dev kit, whether it's the DK1 or two, knows how challenging it is sometimes to get things to work properly. Um, you know, you have to have a little bit of know-how, and the reality is, is until this thing is a as as flawless experience as possible where anybody can put it on and just play it in their living room without having to have a somewhat powerful PC or you know have to worry about which executable to launch in what mode and sort of things. Like These are all solvable problems and they're totally going to be solved hopefully in the near future, but they have to. They have to first. I mean – I don't know about you guys, but everybody who I've ever put into the Rift, whether they're hardcore gamers all the way down to novices, have been blown away. Um, you know, whether it's my mom or my grandmother who are not very technically inclined, they are absolutely fascinated with it. And every time we talk, they ask me about what's the latest thing that I've tried and stuff. And that's that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, you know, one thing that like, it's still a
2: development kid. I think a lot of people are pretty unfair to Oculus about how you know the DKT launch and all this kind of stuff, but it's like, you know what, like Lucky told us, like, hey, don't get it unless you're a developer. And even then we knew there's gonna be hardware. I think we were tricked by how easy it was with the DK one. Uh, but you know this is actually where stuff like and again, I actually haven't seen the Samsung gear. I haven't tried it yet, but this is where mobile, you know, VR devices like the gear make a lot of sense because again it's all in one self contained, you're not wired, tethered to a big computer, you know, uh, they're thinking about like what the interface and Oculus showed off. What their like you know, VR menu system would
1: be like, and uh, you know they're working on it. It's going to happen. It's going to integrate. So it just to sort of bring back one of the points that you mentioned earlier, to Patat, it just it, people won't want to wear this uh, in public. So is it is it is it a matter of just marketing then, just putting marketing dollars to you know make the the VR the Rift and VR in general just a sexy thing to do? Um, no,
2: no, no. That's exactly the wrong thing to do not oh. spend a dollar on marketing or well okay I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say this strong but, uh, but make the experience make the use like make something so gorgeous so phenomenal something that's so emotionally compelling that you'll want to try it even if it costs a million dollars and you know you had to connect every you know like you had to pull a full body position that good the rest of the life like, in
1: hmm. my might what, yeah. what do you think professor are you are you with Tipitone on that?
0: uh yeah no, I definitely think so i mean i i personally i mean i i i'm a I'm a technology junkie, so I mean I'm ready to jump on the newest tech whenever it's there. I don't care about you know you know whether the goggles look cool or not because I'm in the goggles I can't see myself anyway I don't really care um to me it's more it's like i said you know I've put people in this who you know who otherwise would not have any interest in it in their day to day life and you show it to them and they're just completely blown away. And I think that if you're going to spend your money, the money needs to be spent on giving people experiences, you know, putting it out for people to try. Um, and I think that that's going to go a, a really, really long way. And, you know, I've been giving demos in coffee
2: shops. Like, I have a laptop that's somewhat powerful enough. And, yeah, yeah again, mobile demos, just parking garages and parks anywhere. And mm-hmm. no one's ever been like, oh, like, once they've tried the experience. They lose themselves, You see them, like, dodging bullets and almost falling over. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't
1: matter how to, they don't care. They're enjoying it, they're having so much fun. And again, if it's that much fun, what else matters? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, there's, uh, it's, VR, yeah, just the Rift and VR in general, is just, the first time I tried it, it was just, like, nothing I've ever seen or felt before. Even, like, you feel it you feel like you're there that's something that you honestly it's it's hard to describe in words and you really just have to try it out for yourself to see what the hype is all about really
0: VR is just like the matrix no one can be told right
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's totally true um how do you guys think this will change us culturally um and i I asked this because i feel like every technology that rolls around that is big enough somehow changes us culturally. Now we have smartphones in our pockets and we Facebook and Twitter on the toilet. Uh I not that I do. And you know it, it, like the introduction of, for example, birth control changed humanity forever. You know, so how do you guys think this are technology the ultimate birth control?
2: Is that what I just heard? <laughs> not
1: are we on record over here? No. Um yeah what do you I guys think
0: out, on Twitter right now
1: <laughs> how do you think uh this will change this culturally will it
0: I don't see why not I mean it's like you said, every other piece of technology does, so why not this I mean once this becomes ubiquitous, ubiquitous, it's just a matter of uh what is the content out there um you know we are we are in a world of social media and stuff and people make the argument like oh we're less social than ever it's like well no we're just social differently right Mm -hmm. um whether one's better or worse i'm not trying to make the argument either way i'm just saying that like i i mean i talk to more people now because of facebook and everything else that like than i did before just because they're more easily accessible and i feel like the future of, of vr uh At a at a mass level, right? Not a not a hardcore gamer level, but like at a mass mass level, is going to be something like you know the idea of put forth in Ready Player One, you know, again to reference that, where it's like it's kind of the internet, right? It's the future of the internet. It's sort of the next version of the internet. um And when you start having really good multiplayer experiences, and I don't mean that, or maybe multiplayer in that it's like, like competitive, but more just like a Second Life situation or whatever, like. People are, you know, and, and like Tip had said, you do that so well that people prefer doing that over doing it just like logging on your computer and logging into Facebook. Like, that's that's where it's going to change everything. Yeah, I think
2: there's so many cultural ramifications that VR can have, and I, I would like
0: to, you know, make sure that we push for positive the positive
2: ones, and you know, again, I, I mentioned the idea, when there are infinite resources in the VR world, why do we have to fight over material resources in the VR world, right? Like, if we could get beyond that materialism and that greed, I think the world would be so much better. And also, you know, VR, you know, a lot of it can be about, you know, storytelling and empathy and communication and understanding. And if we could understand each other better, communicate better, or, you know, feel more for each other,
1: then is that a better world? Absolutely. I'm with you, 100%. Um, and are you still there with us? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, yeah, I just wanted to just add to that. I mean, I'm, I, I am with you in the fact that we now have, and so how Professor said earlier, like we can make something out of nothing, you know, this digital, these tools that we have to create these worlds that, you know, appear and materialize right before our eyes. I, I feel like, uh, you know, what's happening with Mozilla and what's happening with Janus VR and what's happening with all these web browsers, uh moving towards vr i feel like that's what's happening like the internet the whole human knowledge and expression is going to materialize right before our eyes and we're going to be able to travel to it and 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 hang out with other people in it and it's going to feel like a a whole new space like whether it's and i wonder like what raw what laws will rule this place and what you know, will there be contract law? Will there be who will enforce this contract law? Who, you know, uh, privacy? What will privacy look like? Just so many questions, and and and. It, but you know, just thinking about like how exciting this all is, is. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm, I get overwhelmed <laughs> easily thinking about all these different things. Uh, are you guys perhaps overwhelmed, or are, are you fearful, or are you too excited? How do you feel about the future prospect of VR? What is that?
0: Okay, you go first I feel like oh, okay a lot. No, I'm well I mean I, I feel like we touched on this a little bit already, but like yeah, I mean I, I think that as developers who are doing this in our spare time, it kind of speaks for itself like we are super excited for the future like we're so excited that we're willing to experiment <laughs> and and just try things out in our own spare time like uh, the future is really bright and there's a lot of obstacles, but it's gonna take really talented and really passionate people to make this succeed and it what's cool is that it seems like just throughout the community that's what you're that's what you're finding is just people are so excited in a way that i mean i can't remember seeing you know i mean people you know people have been making games and movies and whatever for a really long time and it's like they've not really changed over the years. They've gotten better, the technology's gotten better and stuff, but now with VR, you're able to do things that you've literally never been able to do before. And uh, and so, it's, it's very exciting.
2: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like with any new technology, there could always be some kind of downside, but there's always gonna be some upside, and, and you know, it's up to us to decide how it's gonna be used and do it by example, make stuff, show people, how beautiful it could be, how, you know, insane it could be, how fun it could be, whatever. And then, you know, I think right now is the most exciting time Ground right, zero. Everyone, you know, go out there and build, build, build a, and make something happen. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that's my takeaway from this project, you know, I, 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 and I don't know, maybe I'm taking a little too much, but like, this is the idea, of, you know, when, we, when I built my first really rough major film was just throw something out there. And I was so lucky to get Eric to join You know, welcome any other contributors that want to help make this but we just want everyone to go out and make whatever they want and do some cool stuff and
0: let's all enjoy it and let's all just have a great time yeah that's the bottom line just do just do cool stuff like that's all people want right now is just just make it fun make make uh make new experiences experiment be bold you know if it fails it fails who cares right we're so early on that there's no consequence to it it's just it's just fun at this point
1: I will I will just sort of – I don't know if interject is the right word, but I, I want to ask you guys, I mean, what is – you know, is it a healthy mindset to go into this field right now with the notion or with the goal of, you know, creating something that will hopefully either give you a job or make money itself so that you don't have to get a job? Like, you know, what do you guys think of that notion?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Tippat and I are both, and actually John, our third partner as well. We're lucky enough to have amazing jobs during our daytime, right? Like, I, you know, don't let them hear this, but I would do this for free. What I do for for a living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't look at it as work. But um, if if you've got a developer out there who has a day day job that they don't like. I mean, there's so many great opportunities now with independent publishing or self-publishing that it's like, and Kickstarter and all these avenues that have never been there before. It's like, yeah, and take a risk, you know? Now, Now's the time to do it. Um, you know, So I actually want to be on the other side of that For just, again, I had my own startup. Uh,
2: you know, the reality of the market is, you know what, VR is still in the early stages. It's still in the platform infrastructure stage. You know, you can't be, uh, or not that you can't, but it's hard to be, a developer making, thinking that you're going to make a living making VR experiences for people. Because how many Oculus Rates have shipped so far? Is I it
1: 40,000? Uh, DK270, yeah. I think. I don't know.
2: Was it 70,000? Wow, okay. If you want to charge even a dollar for your to to get 100% market share, which would just be insane. Uh, you know, it, it's just... In terms of you know, trying to be an indie developer in VR, And there's some great Kickstarters out there, and I I supported them, and i was so sad to see them fail. They're super posh games focused on making cool things in VR. That being said, I don't think it's impossible to be a VR professional. You just have to look at the larger companies and then think, okay, you know what? I want to go look at a company like Oculus. They're doing hardware, but they're also doing software. They're also doing content. And try to join a company like Oculus, (coughs) Samsung. Uh, any of the other large companies that are doing cool things in VR and think about, you know, not just the next two years, but the next 10, 20, 30 years of a career in VR. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it, it does. Um, it's. Uh... Okay.
2: And one thing I want to add, so uh, I'm actually in a very different situation than Eric and uh, John because what I did was, you know, as soon as I got the Oculus Rift, uh, all I wanted to do was just work in VR. I was working in mobile games at the time, and I was like, Uh, No, no, I'm I'm okay with no games. I I just want to focus on VR. And so, uh, you know, quit my job, not doing anything, just focusing on making and trying to find, can I be a VR professional? Can I make money doing this professionally? And, you know, again, part of my theory or my thought was, if I was going to apply to companies as a VR developer, I needed to show examples. I needed to build demos. And so, you know, aside from the, the matrix, Demos. I also built like a transformers demo, a 16 chapel demo, so all these things that, and it wasn't so much about the content, but rather exploring new experience types or styles or interaction um, paradigms in VR, and then being able to show that potential that helped me get into to get me the job that I have today, which I just started I think, three days ago now. But yeah, I'm now officially a professional working in.
1: Congratulations! That is great to hear, and it's a really I, I really like your story. I mean, in terms of you know your, your path and how you came, yeah, you're um yeah you're someone I look up to in terms of like, and so do you. So I I look up to you as well, Professor John Eric. <laughs> but uh I, I yeah in terms of like your story, how you went from mobile games and now you're working with a in VR, and I don't know if I can say where you're going to be working, but it's really exciting to see you uh going. All, all, all on this amazing journey and to create the singularity um, yeah i'm so honored to have had you guys on the show i'm i was yeah, super excited. I'm going to have to reserve some of my more geeky Matrix questions for you know probably a later podcast. But it's really been a pleasure, and I, I just want to thank you guys. How? But but before we leave, I want to ask you like um, how can people stay in touch? How can people support you? How can uh, developers or you know budding developers get in touch with you so that they can collab- collaborate um, and, and all that good stuff.
0: Uh, I just uh, want to start off by, well, I just real quick want to start, lead this with saying that we are not accepting any money or donations for the Matrix VR. This is a completely fan-made thing. There's legal ramifications that we are not doing any of that. So, uh, But we are definitely looking to collaborate with other people. Uh, and Tip-a-tack can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go to, to the site, and there's a link, you just contact us. Uh, but, yeah, the best way
2: right now to support us is go to the Oculus Share page. Download it, even if you already downloaded it before. Just click the link to download to get our, our numbers up, and then yeah, you know, rate the game, you know, give us a comment, give us feedback, you know, support the project, and let us know that you liked it on the official Oculus page, and that would be a huge help for us. Uh, on top of that, both Eric and I will be at Oculus Connect, so anyone's listening is going to be there. Please come by, say hi. We're going to be giving demos, chat us up, and you know, i on. Uh, John and I are on Twitter so find us talk to us chat with us we're, you know, we're, we're nice people we love to talk about
1: VR and stuff. <laughs> uh, always looking to work on cool projects with other people and you know again it's just a fun time let's have fun yeah cool cool stuff a- any uh, final comments uh, Professor Eric?
0: no I think I think we covered everything
1: oh, sweet um, well <laughs> I guess uh, yeah I'm just...
2: I wanted to again I wanted to, you know, promote John's talk, supporting the VR Star Citizen. It's at, it's I guess, the VRTGO conference that's in the UK. It's at 2 p.m. His talk on September 11th, So um, everyone, please go. Sweet. Show some love, John.
1: That yeah. um, all, all, that information will be in the show notes, and you can get a hold of, uh, you know, all that info when I, when this episode gets posted. Um, well, I, I guess this is this has been a quite the pleasure. You two have been uh, true scholars and gentlemen of virtual reality. Thank you once again, <laughs> Professor Eric and uh, Um thanks. Yeah, I look forward to the next time. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, thanks uh, for having uh, us. Yeah. Thank you.